Hello and welcome to Jade Third Eyes podcast series, focusing on anti-money laundering and insights from industry experts. I'm Rebecca Green, marketing lead for Jade Third Eye in the UK. And today I am joined by Lisa Lee Lewis, head of risk consulting, a mayor advisory at Norton Rose Fulbright. Today's podcast will consider a number of interesting topics, including the changes to the UK money laundering regulations, terrorist financing, and transfer of funds information on the payer regulations 2017 and also changes to the high risk third country list and what firms should think about. Thank you for joining me today Lisa, hi there. Hi, thanks Becca. Could you perhaps summarise the changes that the money laundering regulations have brought about and what firms should be looking out for? Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Um, There has been a raft of recent legislative and regulatory changes in the UK AML space, such as the adoption of the UK independent AML framework post-Brexit and various amendments to the MLR, the Money Laundering Regulations. Now, the regulatory remit has been expanded to include more types of firms, such as letting agents, art market participants, crypto firms, and additionally, the bar has been raised higher for those already in scope. For example, certain trusts need to register on the UK's trust registration service by March 2022. Relevant persons now need to ensure that where they have an agency agreement in place, there is a requirement for AML awareness and training to be included within those agreements. And in relation to beneficial ownership requirements, there's a number of changes. For example, where a customer is a body corporate and the beneficial ownership cannot be identified, the relevant person must instead take all reasonable measures to verify the identity of the senior managing official and to keep records detailing all actions it took to do this, including any difficulties encountered. And in relation to another beneficial ownership requirement change, before entering into a new business relationship with a company that is subject to the registration requirements, such as the PSE regime, the relevant person must collect proof of the company's registration on the PSE register, for example. And where there is a discrepancy between the information available on the PSE register and the beneficial ownership information provided by the company during the course of its onboarding process, it must report this to Companies House. Separately, the MLRs have clarified that relevant persons may use electronic identification to complete CDD where suitable, providing that the chosen means is secure from fraud and misuse and provides an appropriate level of assurance that the person claiming their identity is in fact a person. Of course, there's many challenges for firms to contend with just to remain compliant with the MLRs. Therefore, the ability to horizon scan, identify control framework gaps and prioritise enhancements to resolve these is even more crucial now than ever. MLROs need to foster a proactive open two-way dialogue with the regulators to understand how evolving supervisory strategies and approaches are likely to affect reviews inspections and investigations. Similarly, investment in technology is crucial 
However, MLROs should target the right technology using specific use case scenarios as a starting point to bring in solutions which are tailored to the firm's needs. And MLROs may benefit from gaining external advice and assurance to help provide third-party checks and balances and insights into market practices for the firm, particularly around risk assessments, governance and oversight, impact on CDD procedures, transaction monitoring, SAR reporting, and expectations on tailored training. So Lisa, I understand there have been some changes to the high-risk third country list um, that may have some knock-on implications for firms as well. Yeah, that's correct, Rebecca. So under the UK MLRs, any business relationship with a person established in a high-risk country or in relation to any relevant transactions where either of the parties to the transaction is established in the high-risk third country must be subject to enhanced due diligence. And pre-Brexit, the list um, of high-risk countries was determined by the EU. From the 1st of January this year, the UK now has its own high-risk third country list. There's been a number of changes to this list. For example, Ghana, Botswana, Mauritius are no longer classified as a high-risk third country for the purposes of EDD. However, Haiti, Jordan, Mali, Malta, Philippines, South Sudan and Turkey are now classified as high-risk third countries. So firms need to remember that such changes will need to be risk assessed at both the customer and business risk assessment levels. KYC and CDD needs to be reassessed both at onboarding stage and on an ongoing periodic and transactional basis. Policies, procedures, training, governance mechanisms and escalation channels will also need to be reviewed and adjusted in line with these changes where necessary. Thank you, Lisa. Those thoughts and perspectives were very insightful. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you found this podcast really interesting. And you can check all our Jade Third Eye podcasts out on the Jade Third Eye website at jadethirdeye.com. Have a great day, everyone.